This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Wednesday live show. Just kidding. It's Tuesday. Get hype. And the reason that we're recording on Tuesday instead of Wednesday is because the wonderful Mariana is leaving. She's being derelict in her duties to the company to go and eat turkey with her family in the Bay Area. That's as one does. The stream at the end of November should come before family. I agree. Before your personal health. Ah, I, my daughter wanted me to hang out today. I told her no. You made, I had to go stream. You made the right choice. Yeah. And, uh-huh. and even though she cried, <laughs> I, just, I told her no. No, <laughs> sit down and play with your toys. And you're like, I'll give you something to cry about, kid. Right? <laughs> no, that was like 30 years ago. Recently. Archie Bunker style. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? At any rate, uh, thank you all for joining us for the live show. If you are watching live via Twitch, which if you want to do so, it's 11 a.m. Pacific Center time, usually on Wednesdays. Today was on Tuesday, obviously. Uh, and that's Frontline Gaming underscore TV on Twitch. The internet is not cooperating today, so the live show might be a little jittery. For those of you watching live, if you do want to watch it uh, smooth, smooth as silk, baby, then you can watch that on YouTube or listen to it on the iTunes, the Spotify's, the Pandora's, or whatever. However you you enjoy the podcast uh, or video cast. Now brought to you in 360p. According to the very first comment on last week's video. Yeah, and so. I was like, well, it's still rendering. <laughs> and for, the, for those of you who are processing, for those of you who don't understand, if you don't upload videos to YouTube, which seems like everybody does these days, uh, YouTube will put up like a, a lower quality version of the video right away. And then over time, you know, usually not very long, but over a little bit of time, um, it'll finish processing it and you'll get the high quality video. So. Although I do recommend watching the, the lower quality video because these faces in 1080, 360 is the way to go. But then they don't get the full power of the stash. They, they don't get all every wrinkle, every... every. I'm not wrinkled. Get out of here. Every gray hair. I do have gray hair. <laughs> that, that, that much has caught up with me for sure. Uh, at any rate, this show brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get your tabletop gaming goodies at a discount all the days of the week. Free shipping options within the continental United States. All kinds of cool stuff. Check us out. Store.FrontlineGaming.org, where you can pick up some FLG mats, ITC terrain, which are made right here in the United States of America by us. And, who oh, I'm a pro, because that was an amazing segue. <gasps> the Black Friday sale is still going through Cyber Monday. And during that period of time, you can get some really good discounts on products such as I just mentioned, FLG mats, ITC terrain. And we've released six new designs of FLG mats and re-released the Orc ITC terrain set, which has been previously unavailable for an extended period of time. So you can jump in there and get that. And I did want to note, as we did last week, a lot of our bundle deals that are at a disc at the Black Friday discount are already discounted. So if you pick up one of those bundle deals where it comes with a mat and terrain, it's even it's an even deeper discount. You can really get a, a great deal. Uh, if that's something you've had your eye on, you can get a full set of themed terrain with a mat um, at a very low price. So check those out if interested. And for those of you who have already made a purchase during the Black Friday sale, 
Thank you so much. We really appreciate your business. Frankie is up and running at our new facility in, uh, in Nevada. And those are going to be are already shipping now. But um, for those of you who have been patient while we've gone through this transitional phase of moving, and then it always slows down a little bit during the sales because of the volume, uh, we really appreciate your patience and your patronage. But that's not the only exciting thing that's uh, up for order right now, Pablo. Uh, we have the Psychic Awakening Faith and Fury finally coming out. Still up for pre-order, but it's finally coming up for release this weekend. It was on a two-week release, which is un unusual for GW normally to do one-week pre-order. Then you get the item. Uh, but for those of you who pre-ordered it last week, still going on. So you can get that Psychic Awakening Faith and Fury. In addition to this weekend, also happening the chapter approved with the Munitorum Field Manual. Remember, all chapter approved books do come with a Munitorum Field Manual, and that's going to come up this weekend for pre-order, as well as the Battle Force boxes, which are also coming up for pre-order as well. So lots of cool Games Workshop stuff to pick up. Um, and then again, just to reiterate, that the chapter approved coming up, it's going to have two books, and one of them is going to have the points for every unit in the game, uh, assuming that the Legend units are not going to be in there. What are legend units, you ask? Those are units from the indexes, which are going to ride off into the sunset like old Yeller and get put down in the field, very sadly. I'm playing the world's smallest violin. Indeed, yeah. It is sad, although we have decided, we decided a long time ago, and we've been saying it on Signals, that uh, we will allow people to continue to use them through the LVO, kind of the last hurrah of the index units. Uh, people have been using them all season. A lot of people, they're an integral part of their list. And we decided uh, quite a while ago to let people continue to use them to finish out the season with them, uh, regardless of what um, Chapter Approved says. Yeah. But then after that, when we start the new season, we're going to align with Chapter Approved. And this has been a long time coming. This is something that certainly I've been talking about for, for at least a couple of years, since 8th dropped, basically, was that the indexes were always temporary. Uh, and then when, the minute the first codex dropped, we knew that there were going to be certain units that were just going to be left out. And then... Um, and never updated, right? So uh, I think this is something that hopefully if you've been in the community long enough, uh, been aware of um, and been, you know, hopefully there's no hard feelings, but. Oh, of course there is. Whenever anybody's models get put out to pasture, it's upsetting, right? You invested in that model, you bought it, built it, painted it, used it. Um, and these things do happen. It's the nature of the beast, but it's it still sucks. Yeah. Right? Like there's no getting around it. It's It's a bummer. When you have an old dog and the dog passes away, it's even though you saw it coming, it's still really not uh, pleasant. Although obviously losing a pet is a lot worse than this. Uh, I feel like it's an apt metaphor. And some of it, I just, I really, I don't agree with. Like, why, why do some, you know, why do orcs and chaos lose their characters on bikes when space marines kept them and they don't have a kit for them? You have to kit bash it. It's the exact same thing for some of these other factions. So some of it, I don't. I don't like. I know orcs get hit the hardest by this. It's really a bummer for them. Uh, Chaos does too. And then a lot of other factions have units that are that are going the way of the dodo. So I don't like it. I enjoy variety. I do understand the logic behind it to an extent. Like I said, <coughs> there are some armies, there are some factions that are keeping units. And then the logic of, well, there's no model kit for it doesn't hold water because they don't either. But I don't make these decisions, Pablo. Yeah, GW does, and sometimes I think that uh, they don't make these decisions either. It's just random force of nature decisions. You know, it's it, it's easy to be critical, and I am I am being critical on this topic, but 
having gotten a glimpse behind the curtain, you know, so to speak, seeing the Wizard of Oz in, in action, it's an incredibly complicated uh, system, right? Bringing, yeah. bringing these models out and, and the rules material and everything, especially at the pace at which it's occurring, it's just, it's, it's really complex and there's a lot of people involved. So it's easy to be critical from the outside looking in, but um, when you do have a chance to see behind, behind the curtain, so to speak, it is, you can at least be a little bit more understanding of the really difficult task that the, the people at GW have to keep all the wheels turning um, in a semi-coherent fashion. So enough of that topic, uh, chapter approved is ahead of schedule, which is really cool. Um, it comes out in December every year, typically. And usually it's more towards the end of the month, if I memory serves. Yes. So, hey, great. We're going to have this early, which is, uh, it's awesome for especially the LVO, because people will have more time to adjust to the changes in the points. So I'm very excited for that. And I uh, can't wait to see what Chapter Prove brings to the meta. Uh, as I've been saying for a while, uh, with Psychic Awakening and Chapter Approved and the Space Marines, it's going to be like a tempest of shifting meta from now through the end of the season. Like for the foreseeable future, it's just, it's going to be the wild west, right? Like I don't think even the best players in the game really are fully, you know, have it all uh, in their minds, right? Like it's just, it's too chaotic right now uh, with all the things coming out. So it's going to be really interesting to see how these last few tournaments go coming down the home stretch. And then we have kind of the holiday, the holiday lull and then the run up to the LVO. It's, it's, it's going to be like, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Right. Now, now do you think Reese, do you think it'll settle before the LVO? So chapter proof is coming early this year, which, which is good uh, for the LVO and for people preparing for the LVO because you have more time to prepare lists. But after chapter approved, we still have, um, well, we have Blood of Ball coming out too, um, and then uh, and then the best um, name ever. And then uh, we don't know what else is coming around the corner. Uh, but do you th predict that the meta will will stabilize in time for the LVO, where we'll we'll have kind of like a clear cut who's good, who's not good, what's what's good, and what's not good, or is it still going to be the Wild West of the LVO? I think it's going to be the Wild West going into the LVO, and the reason why is that we're getting all this material coming out. And then as we go into December, the tournament scene really slows down, right? Like when we get to the to the events for this weekend. Now, of course, uh, in the States, it's Thanksgiving. Uh, most people are going to be uh, traveling for holidays and stuff. It's the busiest travel weekend of the year in the United States of America. So there's barely any events going on this weekend. So what my prediction is, is that we're getting all this new information that's having a very big impact on the, the meta and the game points changes in chapter proof uh, a lot of very aggressive points changes in chapter approved for underperforming units that's a big change by itself all the psychic awakening stuff people are seeing what blood angels are getting and it's a radical change for blood angels like they're they're going from bottom tier to probably top, uh, one of the best armies in the game in my opinion at the speed of one supplement and there's not going to be that many opportunities to test it because there's not that many events, right? So it, it's going to slow down. Everyone's going to be kind of like percolating, just ruminating on all this new information. And then there, there's going to be a couple of events leading up to the LVO. And it's just going to be this just shotgun blast of new data. And there's not going to be a lot of time to adjust to it. 
So my advice to people who are listening to this going like, well, what do I do? Don't sweat it. Don't worry about it. Just practice your army. <laughs> Read the new material coming out. Try to be aware of the any big stuff, but don't sweat it, yeah. right? Like it, it's just trying to like fully like comprehend all of this coming into the big show is probably not going to be entirely doable unless you're ex- extremely focused on it. Yeah. Now, speaking of being extremely focused, uh, what is really exciting about this kind of volatile meta is it, traditionally in games like Magic the Gathering, which which I'm a, I've been a part of for a very long time, um, usually when like a big ban happens or the meta gets shifted, uh, it becomes like a brewer's paradise uh, where you get players who, who are known for their creativity and they go in there and they build these weird off-the-wall counter meta things uh, and they do really well. Um, so I see the same thing happening for the LVO. There's going to be a lot of chapter approved points changes. There's going to be a lot of stuff changing and more than likely the mass community is going to miss some stuff. So if you're someone who really you know, nuts and bolts, spreadsheets, reads your books, brews your list. You absolutely, this is the LVO for you. Um, this would be where I may, might expect like a Lictor Shame style list to appear or an off the wall, completely different list that no one's expecting. Uh, you know, maybe taking advantage of a uh, points decrease on a unit that no one sees or that no one thinks about or a faction that no one thinks about. So uh, that's something else to keep in mind. Uh, there's still going to be a ton of Space Marines, and I think that there's still going to be enough of a predictability for someone to go in there and gear their list towards a very specific thing, uh, which is cool. It's exciting. Um, so hopefully we get something like that out of the LVO, uh, and I'm looking at some like key names and top players to do that, Naden like Sean Naden, yeah. maybe a Brandon Grant, someone really smart and someone who's really capable of doing something like that. Well, Brandon's been hyper-focused on playing pure guard this season. He has. And he's done extremely well. Like, he's been with the same, pretty much the exact same guard list he's been playing for, like, two years now. Yeah. He's been beating, like, he's barely losing anything. He's beating Space Marines, Iron Hands, all all the big, the, the, the boogeymen in the meta. Um, you know, Tau, all the armies that people are really, like, worried about right now. He's been doing exceptionally well. And the one game I've seen him lose, he barely lost uh, to a really hardcore Iron Hands list piloted by Ruben, yeah, who's a very Iron good Hands, player. White stars. Yeah. So it's like, and then I bring that example up just to illustrate the fact that I know Space Marines have a lot of people worried or scared or running for the hills even at this point in time. It, you, you don't, it's an overreaction. They are very good, but you can overcome it. So, 100%. And, and I, I I want to I want to use this kind of I want to give a little bit of an anecdote here and it's not to like argue with you because I do agree with you I think that space rings are very beatable um, but last week this weekend at the Renegade Open we were live streaming shoutcasting for the event on the final table and there was a Chaos Knight player against a, an Iron Hands Brigade and the Chaos Knight player went first got first turn turn one moved up got two charges with two knights off on turn one killed all three in Victor tactical war suits and just looked like he was gonna absolutely steamroll the space marine player. And the Space Marine player pulled it out and you had pretty much won the game by turn three. And it was so funny because the turning point we said, oh, Space Marines, you know, they're not that bad. They're beatable. And then the Space Marine player just shows exactly why that codex is good. So they, they are beatable. I, I think that there's they're not they're going to be over centralizing, but they're not as big of an issue um, as like Inari were or some of the bigger problem problem uh, makers in seventh edition. Um, but there's still a very powerful codex that you have to play your best at against. Um, and we'll see, right? Like, yeah. Because when Unari was at the height of its absurdity, 
at the OVO, what, what was the finals was like six or something of the top eight. It was eight. a lot of Eldar. It was Yunari specifically. Yeah. It mm-hmm. was like almost everybody was, was Yunari. And then, of course, the Castellan list had, had like the, 40% battle company. Yeah. 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 It's <laughs> a, and it, I would My prediction is that the top eight at the LVO will be half Space Marines. I, they, I, I think that that's uh, totally realistic because a lot of the best players are bringing them. Yes. Um, but if you build your army, if you don't want to play Space Marines, you don't want to get on the, the hype train. Uh, if you're a little bit of a uh, contrarian like myself, like I don't, I was going to bring my white scars to to dice hammer the next weekend. And now I don't think I am because I just don't want to be one more space marine player. Reese likes being a special. I'm a contrarian. I'm a contrarian by nature. List. If you ever want to, if you ever want him to not play a list, uh, you just have everyone around him play that list, and you'll immediately gravitate towards whatever Something the opposite else. of yeah. that list is. Well, and with Chapter Proof, too, like if Chapter Proof came out this weekend, um, I think for Dice Hammer, lists are due on Monday, if I remember correctly. But uh, I, I would probably play, like your little little hint, probably play Eldar, but uh, it's not going to be out in time. So there's there's a little tidbit for everybody to, to get excited about, hopefully. Um, but I think what I may do is I just bring my guard army that I uh, won the Broadside Bash with because uh, with the changes to Inquisition... It's like the exact same list, but I can use the Inquisitor without losing a CP. And now I have access to a bunch of really cool uh, strats and some of the psychic powers I really like, like turning off Overwatch. Um, there's some really fun stuff in there. Plus, that list is actually really kitted up for killing Space Marines because uh, of all the plasma guns and everything I have in there. And then I just want to, there's a part of me that just wants to use the Demolisher with the new rules because now flanking to learn Demolisher with D6 shots sounds pretty spicy. <laughs> That would be a lot of fun. Um, so we'll see. I haven't made my mind up yet. but um, And I, the other part of it is I really do not want to assemble and paint more Centurions. I just don't. I don't want to do it right now at all. I got the box sitting on my desk, and I'm like, ugh, that's going to take forever. So I'm being a little little lazy on that front. Um, at any rate, we went off into the weeds a little bit. Let's talk about a different flavor of Space Marines. The uh, Blood Angels, they were previewed for the Bloody Balls book coming out next week. <laughs> Come on, it's the worst name ever. Blood of Ball. The only name worse than that that GW has ever come up with, uh, well, there's been quite a few. It's a pretty bad name. The worst name ever. The one where I can't believe nobody took a pause and really thought about it is the, the Hard Boys Tournament. The tournament to find out <laughs> who the hardest boy is. <laughs> I thought the Sloppity Biopiper was was. I mean, up but there. that one's intentional, right? Like, sure, slop- fair. Yeah, who's the hardest boy, right? Like, that, I don't want to know who the hardest boy is. There goes our G rating. Well, I know it's like culturally, like in in England, that means that has a different context. But I mean, it's like, come on. <laughs> uh, when we saw that, we were like, is this a, a joke? This tournament is the hard boys tournament. Uh, held at the Vatican. Oh my God! All right, all right. Let's move on. He he he. Let's go to the flesh terrors strategy or the flesh terrors rules that were previewed. Oh, in, Pablo, you're in so Warhammer easy to rile up. You know me. I'm a, I'm a hard boy. Hopefully not. Anyways, currently moving on. So let's take a look at some of the Blood Angels. Uh, fun stuff that they have revealed. Long story short, the Blood Angels are going to be 
extremely hard hitting, like almost absurdly hard hitting. It's a, it's silly to a certain degree. How hard? <laughs> the hardest of boys. Okay. Yes. All right. That was last one, guys. All last right, one. All right. That was a layup. I appreciate it. Um, Fury within. Uh, first rule that they previewed uh, when resolving an attack made by a weapon with a blah, blah, blah. Basically, they get an extra. Um, no, I'm looking at the. Uh, so, this is the one. Flesh Terrors. This is replaced the Red Thirst. So, this is the Flesh Terrors equivalent of the Red Thirst or their chapter tactic. Um, as they do get one now, it's called Fury Within. It's when resolving an attack made with a melee weapon by a model with this ability um, or when they make a charge move. Uh, or if they've made a charge move, performed a heroic invention, all that stuff, in the first round of combat, you add one to the wound roll. In addition, when resolving an attack made with a melee weapon by this model, on a wound roll of a six, uh, that model's weapon's armor penetration characteristic is increased by one. So it's the red thirst, uh, but a, but better. But including storm of fire and melee. Yes. So yeah, I'm sorry, I, this wasn't the one they previewed first. I uploaded them in the wrong order. That's what oh. threw me off. I see. But then in, on turn three, they're going to be. Yeah, you were right, Mariana. Just don't worry about it. Um, on turn three, obviously, you're going to be an additional AP2, which is insane. So, like, Flesh Terror's Death Company with the extra attack, plus one to wound, AP2. Just with Chain Swords, they'll kill almost anything in the game. It's nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. It's insanity. Yeah. The, the doctrines with Blood Angels were, were something I think Blood Angels players have always been really excited for. Uh, but it, it's it's really, really yeah. crazy. Your day has come. Uh, they're getting the full Space Marine treatment, more or less. So then the Black Rage, uh, obviously, is a good segue. We were just talking about Death Company. Black Rage, when a model with this uh, rule, um, is it only when they charge or is it... Uh, it's, it's you add one during when they make a charge move. It's only when they charge, right? Yes. Plus one attack, and then they have a six up. <clears throat> Feel no pain. Yes. So, I mean, that's insane when you combine that with um, Angel... Uh, the plus one uh, attack that Space Marines get anyway, it's just, it, it starts to go into like, you know, Captain Insano territory where one uh, Death Company model, you know, can have like six, seven attacks. It's insane. Uh, rapid Fire, the next uh, stratagem that they showed off, 2CP. Use a stratagem at the start of your shooting phase. Select one Blade Angels Intercessor Squad or Death, Death Company, Company Intercessors unit. Ooh, that's exciting. Until the end of the phase, bolt rifles that models in the unit are equipped with. Go to Rapid Fire 2. This is a stratagem that other um, Space Marines have with veteran intercessors. Uh, Blood Angels are getting it. But then, of course, the cool little tidbit in the Rapid Fire stratagem is that there is going to be Death Company intercessors. So um, so the picture they showed of the Death Company intercessors had them with different loadouts. Uh, so if that is the case, if they're like Death Company where they can take bolters or bolt pistol chainsword or whatever, those Death Company intercessors are going to be absolutely crazy well, they're gonna be crazy no matter what right because right. you have base two attacks yes. and then when you charge four you're gonna have four four attacks and if you're uh, blood angels you're gonna get another one and then if you have the sanguine war around you're getting another one it's just it's insane oh yeah they're they're crazy and the the fact that they're two wounds three up save six up feel no pain yeah on top of that just added a little extra durability you don't even need the extra combat weapon just stick with the bolter <laughs> so that you can yeah, have long range shooting. Two. you can give the sergeant a thunder hammer yep um, it's just Death Company Intercessors are one of the units that I'm actually really excited for. Um, and I haven't really been excited for a new unit since, I think, since Gilliman. It's been a while. I, I haven't been as excited, but I'm really excited for Death Company Intercessors. Uh, there might be a box that I pick up multiples of. Yeah, a lot of my friends that are diehard Blood Angels players like uh, Chris Morgan from uh, um, Forge Narrative, uh, Thomas Hexamoki, 
who are big Blood Eagles players, they are like salivating right now. They're super excited. Yep. Uh, let's take a look at Savage Echoes, the next rule that was previewed. Uh, while the Assault Doctrine is active, if a unit with this ability makes a charge move based first round of combat, add one to the attack's characteristic in addition to the bonus from Shock Assault. So Blood Angels in the, in the Assault Doctrine, their super doctrine, so to speak, is plus two attacks in the first round of combat, which is so nutty. That's like really we were good. saying, a Death Company Intercessor with this that's near the Sanguinor is going to have six attacks per model on the charge that are going to be AP1 plus one to wound. Yeah. Like your, your Smash Captains are going to be able to kill a knight in by one them, round of combat instead of two. Yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. It's truly crazy. Like White Scars, as a White Scars player, I can tell you when you hit turn three, everything you just start melting things in combat and this is like that but even more uh more devastating or very or equivalent to plus one damage that's it's pretty it's pretty, <laughs> pretty, dang pretty good. good too yeah so it's it, it it's it's crazy when you get when you find when you get to turn three the ludicrous damage that you're doing in melee with anything like a blood angel scout is a powerhouse in melee at that stage right like your plus one to wound your ap one your you have like a gazillion attacks. Like it's it's crazy how strong they'll hit in melee. Yeah, and, and Blood Angels do have an advantage there, and that they have a stratagem that lets them, you know, remove themselves and then charge again. So turn three, they can actually wait until turn three. And like some White Scars, uh, where you kind of have to move up the board and play a little cage here, Blood Angels will have the ability to either get in your face turn one or wait and get in your face on turn three. Uh, oh, and, using the go jump and yeah, redeep yeah, 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 or or just keeping them in reserves until turn three and then charging. Then that's what I do. I keep yeah. I keep my unit of vanguard vets. Usually, I just keep them off the board until turn three, and then have them come down and just murder something. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, that's really good. And then uh, blood angels also have other ways to avoid Overwatch with the only for the character with the the. Uh, Ver, no, it's the Veritas Vitae or the... the I don't think it's called the Veritas Vitae. Angel's Wings or something yeah, like that. I can't wings remember. Wings of Sanguinus. Something like that. Whatever. But they have a jump pack. It's only for the one character, but still, if he can go in and tag a unit, another unit can come in behind him. So it's not quite as good as White Scars in that regard, but still really good. Um, the next uh, special rule that was previewed is Invocation of Destruction. It's for Blood Angel's Chaplains. Sounds like a death metal song. Invocation of Destruction. Yeah, it's like Cannibal Corpse should play that. That should be one of the, a song on their new album. I expect royalty check from that. Thank you very much. Uh, when resolving an attack made uh, with a melee weapon by a model in the unit that's being affected by the uh, litany, on an unmodified wound roll of six, this weapon has an armor penetration char characteristic of AP four. It's pretty good. There you go. It's pretty good. Yeah. Unmodified wound roll, so plus one to wounds. Luckily, it doesn't affect that. Yeah, be but uh, AP4, it might as well be a mortal wound uh, in a lot of cases if they don't have an invuln, So It is, essentially, at that point, yeah. So, obviously, extremely strong. Um, and then the last rule, previewed, Biomantic Sarcophagus. A Librarian Dreadnought, with this, adds six inches to the range of the psychic powers this model manifests from the Sanguinary Discipline. In addition, once per turn, when a psychic test or deny the witch test is taken for this model, you can reroll one of the dice. It's amazing. It's good. Blood Angels, Librarian, Dreadnoughts are already extremely popular now. Uh, with this, they become even more potent, like dramatic, actually dramatically more potent. This is an extremely good buff. Um, plus six inch range means a lot of times you can cast a power from beyond the ability of your opponent to deny the witch. 
And then re-rolling one of the dice dramatically increases the odds that you get a key power off. Yeah. Uh, or deny a key power. So amazing, amazing buff. Uh, yeah, and then, really then on top of that, you get the extra attack, the tactical, or the doctrines, uh, and then the Blood Angels powers. I think, personally, the Blood Angels have the best set of psychic powers. I don't know. Uh, White Scars uh, are sing- so good. The best single set of psychic powers. You, maybe they're comparable, um, but, you, you know, I used to take a Blood Angels librarian or Mephiston uh, specifically for their powers because it made him so potent. Um, and the Librarian Dreadnought is the only kind, of, the only thing of its kind. It's the only kind of Librarian Dreadnought. No other chapter has access to these. So, when uh, you're from the planet Ball, you should be very potent. <laughs> uh, in improv, uh, we have this thing whenever someone says a lame joke. Duck call. Wow. So really I should get an applause because that was not a lame joke. That was an amazing joke. Uh, awesome. And then of course, uh, Mephiston, however, potato, potato, however you say it. Uh, didn't get like a massive change in his rules. I know a lot of people are actually kind of disappointed, but he was already good, and now he's even better. He got an extra wound, extra attack. He's also his points aren't going to change. He's it, it's like a free buff. The you know, it's like, well, his points could change, but well, that's true. In general, the 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 models that got the Primaris treatment didn't have their points changed. Yeah, uh, Calgar didn't get his points changed. Tigers didn't get his points changed. I don't think I think Korak's got a points decrease i can't remember i don't remember anyways the point is is that i don't foresee his points going up any they're already really high so i foresee them going up higher but i haven't seen the book yet so i don't know all right so if you want to actually click over to chat so we see what people are talking about but i want to talk about the lvo um <laughs> do i like the picture what picture uh he says he um, has a picture show i'm not going to click on that the Think about my parents mustache. told me. My parents told me not to click on links on the internet. The strangers send you. <laughs> yeah, mine was look both ways before you cross the street. No, my. There are some really good ball jokes in there. I love it. Uh, <laughs> Get ball deep in assault. Uh, Brian Spadero is saying, "I'm not going to competitive play with these new rules." Man, you are Brian. You were bringing the the negativity last episode too. Somebody give him a hug. Just, you know what, buddy, if you're at work, stand up to your cubicle mate or the person working next to you or whatever and be like, can I get a hug? Because the Space Marines have given me the, the Space Marine blues. We should get like a really good, we should make a song, the Space Marine blues. I'll see if I can get Gary Clark Jr. to play the, the guitar to it because you know, he's We'll call it amazing. Invocation of Destruction. <laughs> there we go. The Invocation of Destruction of my hobby. <laughs> Uh, seeing chat, I want to see the reaction to this because we have some big, exciting news. So LVO is only two months away, coming in kind of to the home stretch, very excited. And it's the biggest LVO by by a considerable margin. We're super duper excited. There's all kinds of fun stuff. I was going to hold off on announcing this because I kind of wanted to just upload the registration to BCP and let people see it. But I decided not to. You do you, Reese. I'm going to do me. The LVO, we are tickets away from being the first ever 1,000-plus person 40K championships event in the world. Hold on. Let me just just sell my ticket right now and take it off. (laughs) It's pretty crazy. So we do have some room left, and the reason that we were able to expand is we had a very large event 
that we were going to do that had to be canceled for various reasons. So we had uh, space open up. And after uh, we processed refunds at the refund deadline, which was in October, um, we opened up the rest of the space and we are just shy of a thousand. We are almost with certainty going to hit it. So come be a part of history. If you want to get a ticket, there are a very few left for the Warhammer 40K championships for the Las Vegas Open 2020. Going to be a thousand person registered event. Probably won't be that many people that show up to play. That never happens. But um, we've already sold well over a thousand tickets, but with refunds, um, we're just just below that target number. So it's really cool, uh, very exciting. I did not ever think this would happen. Um, massive growth. It just goes to show how popular Eighth Edition is, uh, even with people like Brian Spilero having the Space Marine Blues. Uh, <laughs> it's it's just it's just gone crazy. It's so exciting, and that's just the 40k champs. The friendly is like 120. The 40k narrative is 150. And if you wanted to go play in the 40k narrative, there's only like three tickets left. We had some people transfer over to the friendly. Um, My estimation is that there is over 1,500 unique 40k players at the LVO. Just the one game. And that's just 40k. That's just 40k. It's absolutely insane. So we're very excited. Um, Thank you so much to everybody that's coming. It's humbling. It's going to be so cool. We're going to do our best to try and get some really uh, uh, shots to kind of capture the scale of it because it's it's nuts, right? Like it's just it's un- I never thought this would happen. I never thought we would actually get to a thousand. I didn't think it was realistic, and here we are, yeah. a year before my best estimations put us at. Yeah, and and uh, if because of this big announcement, I imagine there there will be an influx in tickets. Um, don't wait on those tickets. Uh, you know we we have still have limited space. Uh, and I believe, I don't know if you're capping it, Reese. Are you, are you capping it at a certain number? Yes. Uh, there's not that much room left in the 40K champs. I assume with this announcement, those last tickets are going to go. Yeah. Um, don't wait. Yeah. And then, of course, in addition to that, we also have a lot of other really awesome events. Age of Sigmar is just about full. Uh, if you want to come and play in the Age of Sigmar champs, it is, in, to my knowledge, the second biggest uh, Age of Sigmar event in North America. Um, Come and have fun. Scott, the TO, does an amazing job. It's super fun. The terrain's absolutely beautiful. Uh, the, we've got all kinds of hobby classes that are, are a ton of fun, taught by some of the best painters and hobbyists in the world. And, of course, take a look at the events put on by Chris Peach of Warhammer TV fame. He's coming over from Nottingham to teach a bunch of classes. The cool thing about the Games Workshop hobby classes is that they provide all the miniatures and paint. You just show up, and you get to keep the model. So really, really cool. Uh, check those out and participate. Up your hobby game. And then there's a ton of other games. It's insane. Our, our Fantasy Flight events have gone like dramatically bigger than they've ever been. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars Destiny has like 130. I mean, Legion. Uh, I'm sorry, Legion. Legion yeah. My bad. Has like 130 people. X-Wing's at like 160. Um, Destiny, we're having a big Destiny event. Uh, Imperial Assault, Armada is at, it's Armada is at like 36 or 40, something like that. Yeah, like, it, 
And more importantly, uh, these FFG events are all grand championships. Uh, they're not just you know FFG events that we put on or X-wing events, Star Wars events that we put on. Uh, we work, we're working with FFG, and we've worked with FFG to make these grand championship events. Um, so that comes with the high caliber of event you would expect to see at a grand championship. The awesome prize support um, for some events, maybe even uh, invitational or invites to worlds uh, and things like that. It's going to be it's it's a it's big. It's bigger than we've ever had at the LVO. You know, we've got about 500, more than 500 total FFG players yeah. um, playing. Easy, easily. Room. Yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, we, we've got, we're going to have more vendors as well in that area. Um, it's just, it's, there's a lot of expansion. And then, um, you know, sky's the limit for the LVO. It's going to be really fun. The 30K event's going good. We're going to have Zone Mortalis for the first time. And the, the people organizing that are super hyped. Uh, they do a great job. And there's all, we've already sold a ton of tickets for Zone Mortalis, which... I was like, where are these people coming from? <laughs> but that, it's super exciting. Uh, of course, again, you know, Blood Bowl, um, uh, the, the, the Flames of War and Bolt Action, uh, Team Yankee, those events have really built up some steam over the years. Yeah, well, War Machine Horde still yep. with Tyson and those amazing terrain sets that I he brings. Know, he does such a good job. So in, in short, it's going to be an amazing event. We can't wait to see everybody. Um, and because of the way things have changed a little bit, we do have some room left, but very limited. Um, we are going to be full. Uh, it's going to be ball to the wall. Um, oh, that was a good <laughs> one. I like that one. Ah. It's, it's, I like that. Indeed. Uh, can't wait to see everybody there. And if you do want to go, please grab those tickets ASAP uh, as they become available. And please make sure to book your room at the hotel as well. Troop Smash, I miss you too, brother. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see you soon. And... Brian Splito, that's pretty cool. Is the War Machine look? Uh, the War Machine numbers are about the norm, about the same. They always wait to the last minute to buy their tickets. I don't know what it is about the War Machine community, but like, like literally every single year, I'm on the phone with Tyson and I'm like, "Tell your people to buy their dang tickets. We're filling up. I'm gonna start cannibalizing your space to accommodate these other events." Like last year, we had a guy flew in from Florida, got a plane ticket, a hotel room didn't buy his event ticket. I'm like, that's the cheapest thing in the whole equation. Why would you not buy that first? And he was all like freaking out because he didn't, like, <clears throat> we were, War Machine was full. And I'm like, dude, you had nine months to buy your ticket. There's no excuse. I, I, I don't even feel bad for you. Uh, I don't know what it is about their community, but they're, they're such procrastinators of buying those tickets. So right now it looks about the same as it, as it always does. The numbers aren't crazy, but then when it's time to go play, there's always 150, 200 War Machine players. Yeah. Every single time. Yep. And I'm like, where did you come from? Why didn't you buy your dang tickets? They've, they've actually just wait every LVO for the next yeah. LVO. Well, there's actually a lot of people that come for War Machine and just play open open play. Oh, I see. That's like a big thing in their community, as I understand it. I'm not a War Machine expert by any means. Um, but I went to Lock and Load <clears throat> a couple years back, and it was just as many people playing casual open as it were playing competitive, which I, was shocked me because I always assumed War Machine and Hordes because that stupid play like you got a pair <coughs> thing that they used to say. I always thought that that was like, it was strictly competitive, but it's, it's not at all. It's like half and half as far as I could tell. Sorry, I'm, I'm a little sick. I'm allergic to bad jokes. So, <laughs> well, then you should. Sorry, be, sorry about that, guys. I should have cured you. <coughs> See? See what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that was very good. Well played, well played. All right, all right. So you should have just cured yourself. All right, let's take a look at what's going on in the ITC. It's going to be a very slow weekend, of course, because it is Thanksgiving coming up here in the United States. 
And of course, if you liked ITC, you are about it, you think it's improved your hobby, uh, improved your local gaming scene, and you want to support it and see it continue on to the future, consider supporting it via our Patreon. You can do so for as little as uno dollare uh, per mesa. Nailed it. <coughs> Nailed it. I did not say the pain of the table. Close enough. Yeah. Mess, miss. Yeah, close enough. Month is Mesa. Isn't it? <coughs> no, Mesa is table. Mess. Mess? Move on, move on, move on. Oh, hey, this is an educational opportunity. <laughs> Sing this right. from the front line, like Rosetta Stone. Listen a couple times, you'll be fluent. Telemundo edition. <laughs> uh, turn to the left. Get it. Oh, God, mm-hmm. nobody, I'm just, yeah, I need a better co host. Oh. <laughs> blaming you i'm leaving <laughs> so we uh we have only two events this weekend which is shocking because every other weekend there's like 30 <clears throat> um we have an event in canada and british columbia and langford called the egitc 40k and then we have the december decimation in manchester united kingdom you notice there's zero events in america <laughs> this weekend the december decimation is a good name for i do event, like that though. i like that i do like that uh, and then for H Sigmar, we have the Here We Go Again Lads AOS Tournament in Wichita, Kansas, and the Wall Warm-Up ITCGT. Is that and, the first time we've had as many AOS events as 40K events? Yeah, and that's in Dorset, United Kingdom. Let's take a look at the current top 10. It's been a very exciting end of the season, which is normally not the case. It tends to kind of stagnate a little bit, but that is this year has been very exciting to see all the, the shifting and the positioning. Uh, currently... Jim Vessel is holding on to first place, but what looked like an insurmountable lead, now he's he's hanging on there by his fingertips, and he's still got a sizable, a fairly significant lead uh, over Richard Siegler, the drone commander, in second place. But it is not nearly as insurmountable as it at first appeared. So very exciting. Nick Rose has jumped into third place. Nick Nonavati in fourth, and John Lennon in fifth. So... It's it's still anybody's game because of the, the how dramatically big the Las Vegas Open has become. Uh, that the amount of points coming out of it, even with the way we changed the scoring, it's going to have a huge impact on the rankings. And then, of course, special shout out for Mr. Manny Chima coming over, the number one UK player, and he is uh, hosting a, uh, master a masterclass. Class, masterclass. Uh, and check that out if you want to pick up a ticket. There are some left. And on Thursday, he's going to be running through some of the tips and the tricks that have uh, helped him get to number six in the ITC, number one in the UK. It uh, might be worth checking out if you want to brush up on <laughs> tactics right before the event. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, you know check. what? I didn't even see this. I got to give a shout out to our boy, Brian Poling, coming in ninth. Yeah, it's true. he was in, I think, eighth when he was on Chapter Tactics like three weeks ago. Uh, and then since then, he's been kind of like moving up and down but he's, he's been hovering around that top just 10. goes to show never go on chapter tactics or he'll drop in the rankings it's true it's <laughs> just absolutely kidding. true i've been on for how long and my rankings still fall yeah, it was bad before that's true that's that's how bad it's gotten <laughs> uh but congratulations to brian he's a, a good dude representing the west coast all right 40k itc hobby track jim vessel continues to lead the pack with a pretty significant lead i don't see that getting uh i don't see him losing that lead especially because in the hobby track it's not as if you can lose a game and then have your score get tanked at the LVO. If he brings his beautiful army, he's going to be looking pretty good at the LVO. Uh, Lou Rollins, who won it last year, is in second place. Paul Winters in third. Dominique Corrette in fourth. And TJ Lanigan in fifth. Age of Sigmar, current top five competitive track. The French overlord, Jeremy Vessier, continues to lead the pack in first place, followed by James O'Brien 
in second, Alex Gonzalez in third, Anthony Lawrence in fourth, Matt Pashby in fifth. ITC AOS Hobby Track first, top five, first place, Rich Waters, Jeremy Vessier in second. And it's super cool. I know we've said this a bunch, but it's really cool to see uh, players in both 40K and AOS doing extremely well in the competitive and the hobby track. It just goes to show you that the competitive community loves the hobby as well. It's yeah. not. And uh, Jeremy Vassier is actually, if he does well in, in Age of Sigmar at Delvio and he does, and he brings a well-painted army, he's got a very realistic chance of also winning double best crowning. hobby. Yeah, double crowning as well. That'd be crazy if the, we had two <clears throat> double crown in both tracks. That'd be really neat. That, that would be really neat, and, and we could totally make that happen. And the amount of prizes that those guys would walk away with would be s twice as much as if they would have only won one. That's true. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Uh, second, or third place, excuse me, is, scroll up, uh, is Matt Beasley. Alex Gonzalez in fourth, who's also in the top five in the competitive track, and then Matthias Crucial in <clears> fifth. All right. Shadespire, current top five. Ivan Cho continues to lead the pack, followed by Jonathan Coulson. Tony Field in third, Matt Martin in fourth, and Daniel Velasquez in fifth. Kill Team, current top five. This has been very exciting. Kill Team community has really taken to the ITC full force, and there's been a lot of movement and a lot of excitement on this side, which, by the way, you got to check out the hype video that Sheldon made for Kill Team LVO. It's super awesome. It's on the front page of the blog if anybody wants to check it out over at frontlinegaming.org. Uh, Michael T. Holy continues to lead with a very significant uh, uh, margin over second place, Alex Torbert. And then Janice Gilhelm in third, George Rollins in fourth, and Matthew Hole in fifth. Well done to them. Ooh, wee. look at these beautiful models. Where did they get painted? The FLG Paint Studio, Reese. Oh my gosh, tell me more. Uh, well, you can get your miniatures painted by emailing us at painting at frontlinegaming.org. We have three very simple, very easy tier levels. Four, I guess, if you include Masterclass. Um, no, it's three, including master. Well, no, I guess it is four. Yeah, tournament, tabletop, tabletop plus, and Masterclass. Yeah. Um, but really, they're really affordable. I myself have gotten miniatures painted a few times by the FLG Paint Studio. Um, and it, it's just great. It's a great service. We have tons of artists at, at our disposal to help out. We've done all sorts of miniatures, uh, and we're, we're constantly looking for more awesome commissions to show to you guys. Yeah. Like these assassins. We've been in business for 10 years. Uh, very large, <clears throat> well-regarded studio. And, of course, you can also pick up the minis at a discount from the store. You can literally send us a, an idea and say, hey, I'd like an Iron Hands army because I don't like to think. I like to win. And then you don't have to even touch the models. They'll show up in a bag, custom foam, fully painted army. And then you can go and start winning tournaments and your self-esteem will rise like the sea levels. Or let's say you want to take it to the next level. You don't have the money to spend on a, a really expensive army commission, although it's not that expensive through our paint studio, but you want to go even cheaper than that, a better deal. We have an Iron Hands Repulsor army in the secondhand shop right now. I'm looking directly at it in the bin. It's three Iron Hands Repulsors. The paint job is not the best. However, the price on it is amazing. Is it eBay pro-painted? <clears throat> it is definitely eBay pro-painted. Yes. It was uh, painted by our our very own uh, Danny Ruiz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he brought uh, it. He LBO brought that judge. on me. 
He brought that army to the SoCal Open and then Im- immediately sold it to the secondhand shop. We actually had a multiple people s- come to the SoCal Open and then sell their armies to the secondhand shop just because they didn't want to fly back with them. Yeah. It yeah. was really funny. I was like, oh, well, I mean, it works. Yeah, I really love what the secondhand shop is doing for events. Um, uh, at the BAO this year, uh, Shane Shane Watts uh, bought an army, a kill team army, in the secondhand shop, just only models. They were all painted and everything. Bought them, went to the kill team event, and got like second place. Just never played kill team before. Yeah, just, and now... Just decided to show up. And now he plays almost more kill team than 40K. It's really funny. Yeah, it's pretty, so, it's pretty great. So yeah, check us out if you want to get some models painted. Uh, we're always looking for more work. And if you'd like to work as a commission painter, supplement your income or go full time, we're always looking for new talent. You can uh, send in some of your work to painting at frontlinegaming.org. And again, as we've been saying, uh, if you are open-minded, if this is a, a, a career that you think you would enjoy, you like painting, it's a relaxing way to make some money, and you'd be willing to consider moving out to Las Vegas where it's very affordable to live, uh, we are looking for more in-house painters and we have a number of people that are coming with us uh, or, or they're going to move there in order to join the, the paint studio and become a part of the Frontline Gaming family. So I have to say, biased, fully biased opinion, but it's a pretty cool job. Oh, yeah. Oh, pretty 100%. cool job. Oh, yeah. You yeah. never uh, – <clears throat> very rarely do I find myself like looking at the clock like, oh, when can I get out of here? You know, it's – it's a it's a cool place to be. Uh, Sometimes you have to do a lame podcast with some with a co-host, but yeah, that's that's only once a week on Wednesdays. Sometimes Tuesdays, you know. Yeah. Good good with the bad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, it's a great job, yeah. and, and especially for for commission artists as well. Um, we've had a lot of people come in. They learn a lot of techniques as well. We've had people who've uh, started started at the beginner level for painting, or or maybe our beginner level, but they improved dramatically over the course of while they were here. Uh, and then we have some really high level painters, um, you know, that are that are always able to teach. And we've have had high level painters that can teach you as well. So, yeah, and it's the, the nice thing too, like like we were saying a couple episodes back when we were talking about why we were moving is that that area is is just coming from california it's like unreal how much more affordable it is there's no uh state income tax which depending on what state you live in like in california we have the highest taxes in the country so it's a huge huge difference but you can uh whereas here it is challenging to live like in san diego as a commission painter it's 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 doable but it's it's not comfortable like in a place like Las Vegas or, um, you know, in a lot of other places outside of California, really. Yeah. Or if you go away from the ocean, <laughs> basically, uh, you can live a really good life, right? Like you're not going to be rich or anything like that, but you can live a really comfortable, good life, buy a house, live, be a normal human being. Yeah. So we're really excited about that because we always wanted to build a bigger in-house studio and now it's v- totally viable, right? Like it absolutely makes sense and it's just, it's just going to be so much more fun. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um there's a lot more opportunities moving to a cheaper place and then on top of that we'll be right on the LVO site uh, so we don't have to worry about shipping all of that stuff to Vegas from San Diego yeah. uh, and then back uh we'll we'll be able to run to the shop real quick if we forget something or or whatever, right? It's just it makes running our our event even easier, which in turn I think will lead to a much larger, much amazing much more amazing LVO. Uh, for everyone. So it, it benefits us, but it also benefits uh, all of the people who consume our content and attend our events or buy our products as well. 
Yeah, it's just going to be easier. Life's going to be a lot easier. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be sad to say goodbye to California, but I'm definitely looking forward to the change. All right, let's jump into chat, answer any questions that people might have. Holy moly, 40, 40 below. below Gaming. Thank you so much. 54 months. That is almost five years. That's like the entire time we've been doing this. So thank you very much. Genuinely. Uh, Valerie said, dude, Valerie, you are really stuck on my mustache. That mustache reminds me so much of the Iron Father. <laughs> That's funny. Everybody did think he had a mustache at first, but he doesn't. Uh, Man, everyone is talking about my mustache. It's just that amazing. Valerie, if you if you want some warp spiders, we might have some in the secondhand shop. I don't know if that's what you're asking. All you have to do is email us secondhand shop at frontlinegaming.org. Uh, keep crushing it. Thank you so much. Is that us or was All that? All right, Valerie really wants us to see this picture. All right, of fine. you. Let's see it. Oh no, virus! <laughs> <laughs> I'm Darth Vader. I love it. And then the Emperor Palpatine is the Iron Hands. Iron Father or Iron Father Pharaohs. I love it. Great. That's good. Thank you for that, Valerie. I, I enjoyed that very much. Uh, I know we're just wait I was hoping that the Tyranids preview would come up. Um, uh, Chaos Swarm one uh, before the show, but it obviously it didn't. I was hoping that we would give, be able to talk about it more on uh, live on the air, but eh, it'll it should be coming out like later today or tomorrow that they do the preview for the Tyranid stuff in um, Blood of Ball. Uh, it's got to be coming soon. Oh, right? yeah. 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 I mean, the, the, they're in the same book. So. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for joining us for the live show. We hope you enjoyed it. This was episode 664 of Signals from the Frontline. Woo-wee. That's a lot of talking about Games Workshop games. It's a lot of Reese jokes. A lot of bad Reese jokes. Yeah. I haven't hit dad joke stage but I'm not far off. He skipped dad's stage. Yeah. He went straight into Reese joke stage. Which is better or worse? Who oh. knows? <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us on Tuesday. Uh, have a happy Thanksgiving for those of you who are celebrating that. For those of you who are not, go eat a turkey sandwich or something. Get into the spirit. And until next week, we hope you have a great week with family and friends. Happy gaming. And we will talk to you all again next Wednesday.